0: First Sunday of the month is called First Family Sunday. So I wanted to uh, continue that theme this morning. We deal with issues regarding the family. A little background of what I want to share with you this morning. It's been about 20 years ago that Dottie's dad died, and we were there in Dallas for his funeral. And in those days leading up to his funeral, Dottie's brother, John, and her sister, Sarah, would talk a lot about what they remembered about their father. We remember this, and we remember that, and we remember he did this, something that normally goes on during a situation like that where a family member has died we drove back from Dallas on Monday afternoon and I had the responsibility of leading a men's group on Tuesday morning a group of men that had been involved in promise keepers and I realized I was not prepared and I wasn't gonna have time once we got home to really prepare so as we're driving home I began to say Lord what is it that you would like for me to share with these men in the morning And thoughts began to come to me. And I began to think about this matter. I listened to my wife and her brother and her sister talk about what they remember about their father. And I began to think, I wonder what my children will remember about me. So my thoughts then went to the things that I would like for them to remember about me. Now, what I'm going to share with you this morning is not something that I think they will remember, but this is what I would like for my children to remember about me. And you can ask yourself the same question. What would you like to be remembered for when you leave this life? Number one, I'd like for them to remember me as one who could admit when I was wrong. It is much easier for me today to admit when I'm wrong, and the reason is I've had so much practice. I would like for them to remember me as one who when I did something wrong could say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And say that to my children when I've been wrong with my children to be able to say to them I was wrong will you forgive me Oh, you shouldn't be doing that that's a sign of weakness really could we consider that more of a sign of strength for a person to be able to say I'm wrong will you forgive me and there again that's much easier for me today because I've had a lot of practice in having to ask people to forgive me for things I've done that were wrong. There was a time several years ago when God really began to deal with me about people that I had wronged in my life and how I needed to make those things right. And it took me about two years to find everybody that I would wronged and ask them to forgive me being able to say I was wrong I'm sorry will you forgive me is not a issue that lets my kids know I'm weak kids do not want perfect parents but they want honest parents huh? apostle paul said i've learned that when i'm weak then i'm strong but when i think i'm strong boy i'm weak and there's that element or attitude of meekness of humbleness when i can say i'm not anything but the lord is everything and i'm trusting in him to be everything for me that i'm not in and of myself that's how you have to live knowing if I think I'm strong then I'm weak but when I recognize my weakness then I recognize that God's strength comes into play in my life weakness and meekness are not necessarily the same thing the word meekness just seem simply means being broken. That beatitude that says, blessed are the meek, somebody translated that one day, blessed is the man who's been saddle busted for God. And that's what that word meant originally. As a man, I want my kids to remember me as being one who was saddle busted or broken for God. And my kids have had to see me broken too many times because I began to understand that I'm depending upon the strength of God for my strength but then I began to think no it's all about me and God says no it's not son and the brokenness takes place where I have to come back and say God it's all of you none of me I want my children to remember me as one who would be willing to sacrifice whatever to meet their needs and sometimes to meet their wants I know this is going to come as a shock to some of you men, I've never been hunting. I think maybe one time when I was a kid and I walked across the street, the highway from my uncle's farm and I had a .22 rifle and I shot it into a pile of brush. That's the closest I've ever been to hunting. I may have been fishing about 10 years ago, I don't remember. It's been at least 20 years ago since I played golf for the last time. I only bought one set of golf clubs in my life, and I bought those from my nephew for $5. And, folks, I have no regrets. I've never owned a gun. Don't even talk to me about giving me a gun. I don't want a gun. I don't think I've missed anything. I have no regrets, as I said. I've worked at second jobs to be able to do the things that I wanted to do for my kids. We were back in East Tennessee where I served as youth director in the 70s we were there for some anniversary celebration and Dottie had a picture of the four girls and one of my uh, kids who was in our youth group then had become an orthodontist and she showed him the picture of these girls and I was not prepared for the response that I got hadn't even thought about it he looked at that and the first thing he looked at was their teeth and he said I usually look at pictures like this and I thought you know I could help them There's nothing I can do for your girls. And he said, congratulations, Dad, on doing what you did to see that your kids had straight teeth. Not bad. I'll take it. I've enjoyed doing what I've done to provide for my children. Never looked upon the things that I've had to do as being burdensome. But what a privilege. So I'd like my children to remember me for that. don't know whether they will, but I'd like for them to remember me for that. I'd like for them to remember me as one who trusted God to meet our needs. I'd like for them to remember me as one who was trying to learn what it meant to live by faith. I've said to some of you often, we don't trust God until we have to. And there have been those times in my life where that's all we've had. Just trusting God. Hey, I was a pastor many years. In churches where we've served, we've met some great people, but we've met some of the meanest people on the face of the earth in churches. And many of them would pray a prayer like this. God bless our poor little preacher and help us keep him poor. So there were those times where we had to trust God completely. There was a time where uh, I was without a church. Not only did we have the four girls, we had a grandchild now, so that was seven of us that were depending upon me, and I didn't have anything. I didn't have a job. There was a Saturday night that I was doing some serious talking with the Lord. And I said, God, you understand we are in deep financial situations here, and if you don't do something, I don't know what's going to happen to us. Do you hear me? You ever talk to God like that? He can take it. I need a sign. I need you to show me that you're going to take care of us, and I mean you need to do it. Went to bed, woke up about 2 in the morning, got up and went out in the living room. Are you still, are you still there? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's one of those times when the Lord speaks to your heart of hearts and the Lord says, all right, I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to do it in a way that you would never expect. I can handle that went back to bed seven o'clock in the morning the phone rang Dottie was with her mother in Dallas at that particular time and I thought she was probably calling to check on the girls and uh, in a little bit Robin came back to my bedroom and said dad there's a man on the phone that says he's Mac Evans Mac Evans doesn't know who I am why would he be calling me at seven o'clock in the morning it is somebody playing a trick on me But I'll play along. So I said, Hello, Tim, this is Mac Evans. And I knew it was. And here's what he said I got up this morning with you on my mind. God got my attention. What did the Lord just say to me a few hours before? I'm going to show you I'm going to take care of you. And I'll do it in some way that you never expect. And so we talked. And he said, How are you doing? And I said, oh, we were doing all right. How are you doing? I said, not too good, Mac. He said, I thought so. You'll be hearing from me. And I did. And I learned about trust. And I want my kids to remember me as one who trusted God. I'd also like my kids to remember me as a man of integrity. Simple definition of integrity is what doing what is right biblical integrity is doing what is right according to Scripture and I share with you this morning folks that I know more about what integrity means today than I did six weeks ago I never expected in my life, to go through what we've gone through for the last six weeks. And I know there are people that ask, Are you sorry you got into it? No. Why? Because from the very beginning, I sensed God's call on my life to be involved in this, and as such, I'd do it all over again. Outcome wouldn't be any different, but I'd do it all over again. And I've come to understand, folks, the greatest compliment you can ever pay a person is to say that person is a person of integrity. Well, was the decision you had to make hard? No, it wasn't. It was so clear and plain. I want my kids to remember me as one who hurt when they hurt. Dottie has a friend that she went to Moody Bible Institute with, lived out in Colorado. We had been married a couple of years and uh, Mary Ann's husband uh, was killed and Dottie went out to be with Mary Ann. She came home, was telling me about the situation, and she, she said this to me. I've never forgotten it. Mary Ann's dad said to Dottie, it's a whole lot easier to hurt yourself than to see your kids hurt. Didn't have any kids at that time, but I've sure come to understand the truth of that. It's a whole lot easier for me to be hurt than to see my kids hurt. And I'd like for them to remember me as one who hurt when they hurt. I'd like for my kids to remember me as one who loved what they loved. Four girls, all of them love dogs. I think at present there are nine grand dogs. So I love all their dogs. But I love their children, my grandchildren. And I want to be sure that my children understand how much I love their children. I'd like my children to remember me as one who knew what it was to bless them. Boy, this is a subject that we could spend a whole lot of time on. If it's of interest to you, I'd recommend you get Gary Smalley's book called The Blessing. What do I mean by blessing my children? I mean by looking at each one of them individually as was the practice in the Old Testament and being able to say to each one individually I am so proud of you I love you so much I thank God that God gave you to us opposite of blessing is what cursing Job 19.2, Job said to his three friends, how long will you vex me in my soul and break me to pieces with your words? you understand how painful words can be? Do you all remember the little saying we had when we were growing up, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt? Is that true? No. Words hurt. Words hurt. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You bless your children, you can curse them. That doesn't mean say "damn you" or anything like that. Ninety five percent of the men, especially women too, but more so men, who are in prisons all across this nation, ninety five percent will tell you that at some point in their life a very significant person in their life said to them you're worthless you're no good you're going to end up in jail that's cursing and when that happens a child will live with that all their lives i'm worthless i'm no good the other side of that is to be able to say to a child you're awesome I love you. I'm so proud of you. I'm better at doing this with my grandkids than I was with my own kids. But I try to take every opportunity and every advantage I have with my grandchildren to say, I'm proud of you. I love you. What an incredible kid you are. I want my kids to remember me as one who was absolutely, totally sure about his salvation experience. How sad it is that many times kids lose a parent, particularly a dad, and they stand around and say, well, we think dad was saved, but we're just not sure. He used to go to church, we think he was saved but we don't know but I want my children to be able to say about me when I die we knew that dad knew the Lord no greater blessing can you leave than that but I'd like my children to remember that even though I might not be able to leave them much of an inheritance in money I can leave them an inheritance in answered prayer boy that was a exciting truth that somebody taught me years ago the truth is that you can pray for your kids and leave them an inheritance of answered prayer pray for them today and 20-30 years down the road God will answer the prayer that you prayed for What kind of prayer are you talking about? I mean that we can pray for our kids today and say, God, we don't know where this world is going. We don't know what kind of situations they're going to face. But right now, we ask you to meet their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus on down the road. We ask you to cause them to grow up to be godly, young men and young women who are people of faith, who will teach our grandchildren to be people of faith and to grow up trusting God and to make sure that they're giving their lives to other people in service to other people with the ultimate goal being that people come to know what Jesus did and how they can have eternal life through Him. So what do you want your children to remember about you?